Hello and welcome to Bellcast, brought to you by journalists Isabella Tarrant and Ella Hodson. Today we're going to talk about the Jesse Nelson interview for Cosmo, and Izzy has some comments about the series Small Axe. Firstly, how are you doing and how was your week? I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm all right. I don't feel like there's like too much going on, really. Yeah. Just kind of looking on LinkedIn for jobs. I know, and I'm like obsessed with it. I know. I'm addicted. Like that and indeed, I just am on every single day, <laughs> just scrolling and looking and I like, applying. Um, I like... Um, Applied to that thing that uni sent us oh, yeah. um, yesterday, that like handshake thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I did that. That's Not, good. Did I just say applied? I meant, I meant, um, <laughs> I meant signed up. <laughs> I um, got what you meant. Don't worry. I didn't get much sleep last night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, basically. Yeah, I feel I'm like just, that's just all my life is really like eating, sleeping, applying for jobs. I've applied to every job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a job, I've applied to it. Oh, so how yeah. are you doing? You oh, right? Yeah, good. I didn't get much sleep last night. Yeah. It was just, um. apparently there was a power cut on Ecky Road last night. Oh. But I think it must have missed, you know how National Grid splits everything up yeah. into like different areas? I think it must have just missed mine. Mm. Um. Like a couple streets over on Twitter, I saw people um had had a power cut, but I didn't hear it. <laughs> I didn't have it. And um, and I could hear an alarm going off, and I was like, "That sounds like something's had a power cut because that's what happens. Yeah. The alarms all go off." And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then I went on Twitter, and lo and behold, there was a power <laughs> cut. So I feel yeah. so traumatized from all of the previous power cuts that we've had. Yeah. Um, because last year in our flat there was like it was fine for a little bit and then mm. all of a sudden like every single like week we had a power cut yeah it was really weird and i i like now know the protocol when you um yeah you when were you really power good cut, power cut because you need to ring national grid and report it because they yeah. didn't know about it that time did they but like yeah they didn't so they were like oh we don't know what's going on but normally it's a scheduled one yeah. and they're like oh it'll come back in like an hour because it happened to me when I first moved into my new flat, mm. it was like my first night on my own there and there was a power cut. No. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's so, just horrible. Just and, uh, what you want. I went to like sat with the neighbours on their like camping chairs and I was like in my dressing gown. I was like, oh God, I can't even remember what I said. I was really tired. Oh, bless you. Yeah. That's the worst. Like when you first move in, you don't really know anyone and you're by yourself. Yeah, it was really weird. Oh, blame. Yeah. Blame. <laughs> blame. Oh, babe. Oh, babe. <laughs> babe lead. <laughs> but do you want to talk about small acts? Yeah. So this is going to sound much better than it is, but I feel like in the run up to the BAFTAs, as though we're actually doing something <laughs> in the run up to the BAFTAs, um, maybe we should do like a BAFTAs special. Or oh, something. definitely. Um, but yeah, I basically have decided that I'm just going to try and watch like as many of the nominated um, TV series. And I should also like watch the films I haven't watched yet um, that were nominated and won a BAFTA. But um, yeah, I started with Small Axe, which has got like. 15 nominations I think something insane um and it deserves it it deserves like all the praise and recognition um so for anyone who doesn't know small acts is 
an anthology of five original films directed by Steve McQueen. Um, and they're set from like the late 1960s to the mid 1980s, telling personal stories from London's West Indian community, whose lives have been shaped by their own force of will, despite consistent racism and discrimination. Um, I just want to start by saying each of these films are exceptional. Um, the filmography, the lighting, the costumes and the acting are literally just like flawless. Even if I, you know, maybe preferred one film for the storyline or for like the cinematography, the acting in each of them just like can't be faulted. Um, so I believe the order of this um, is Mangrove, Lovers Rock, Red, White and Blue, Education and Alex Wheatle. Um, so Mangrove is actually based on the true story of the Mangrove Nine who clashed with the London police in 1970. The trial that followed um, the judicial acknowledgement of behaviour motivated by racial hatred within the Metropolitan Police. I'm just going to give a little synopsis for each of them and then talk about my favourites, I think. Um, Lovers Rock tells a fictional story of young love at a blues party in the 1980s. The film is an ode to the romantic reggae genre called Lovers Rock and the black youth who found freedom and love in its sound at house parties at the time when they were unwelcome at white nightclubs. Um, Red, White and Blue um, is about um, a man who, after seeing his father assaulted by police officers, um, is driven to join the force with hopes of changing racist attitudes from within. He soon finds himself facing his father's disapproval and racism within the ranks. Education follows a 12-year-old boy called Kingsley who is transferred to a special needs school. A group of West Indian women uncover an unofficial segregation policy preventing many black children from receiving the education they deserve. And Alex Wheatle is the true story of award-winning writer Alex Wheatle, who spent most of his childhood in a predominantly white institutional care home and was then jailed after the Brixton uprising of 1981. So, as I've said, all of them are amazing, but my favourites were Mangrove, Lover's Rock and Education. Um, so Mangrove, I think, is one of the most powerful films I've seen in a really, really long time. Um, it's I think it's about two hours long maybe a little bit longer than that and you just are captivated the entire time that like you just don't want to stop watching it um, the sort of standout performances for me were Sean Parks who plays Frank Critchko, um, Rashida Sandal who plays Barbara Bessie um, Malachi Kirby if I've said that wrong I apologise um, he plays Dark as Hell um, Letitia Wright as um, Alethea Jones and even though he plays a really racist police officer he's incredible um, Sam Spurrell as Frank Pulley um, each of their performances are like gritty and completely captivating um, but it's just like the way that this story is told you just feel like you're watching it happen like exactly as it happens um, it just sort of follows this like community and this restaurant and yeah how the police sort of just consistently come in like raid it for no apparent reason um and it just tells like quite a heartbreaking story of the racism that west indian people faced but um i just loved watching this um yeah the cinematography is just gorgeous um and i just i couldn't fault it i just loved every single second of it um then lovers rock is it just feels like a celebration in a film 
even though there's um sort of like ups and downs that happen in the storyline um it's just like cozy and sexy and oh i just loved it um all the things we love then yeah it's like the colors are really warm and they're like saturated but not in a like really obvious way it's just the lighting that they've chosen is really warm and it just makes like every single character look exceptionally beautiful yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that you just get completely engrossed um and the music that they play um like it just completely sucks you in there's like whole sections of um like just you watch them dancing there's no talking it's literally just this like couple dancing and then yeah. a whole bit of acapella where there's this song that's like played on repeat and um oh it's just amazing um but the story like follows um this like budding relationship between Martha and Franklin who are played by Michael Ward who is in Top Boy um and Amira J St Alban um and I was watching it and it just reminded me of like when you fancy someone at a school disco. That's just what it really like. That was the energy oh, that it had. Sounds so good. Oh, it was lovely. I mean, there are like, there's a couple of sort of darker parts to the story, but it just sort of shows like women like looking out for each other. Um, yeah, it was just gorgeous and it was magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that sounds like my jam. Oh, it was stunning. And um in the sort of like dance breaks and stuff there were like it does feel like it's going on for like quite a while and you're sort of aware of it but at the same time like it just sucks you in like even more um in the bits where there's no dialogue um yeah i just yeah just loved it um and then education this um like the family that's portrayed um feel so real like i just feel as though you know them and it's impossible to sort of imagine that it's not being acted um the struggle that kingsley faces who is played by kenya sandy um who's like he's basically just not able to read he like stutters and he's quite slow um and his performance is incredible um like he plays a 12 year old and it's exactly how you'd imagine the sort of like slight embarrassment over things and not wanting to like tell anyone or really open up about it but um it's the way that his mum and his sister like fight for him um particularly like the mother's sort of journey through this of like trying to understand that her son can't read and like what she can do about it um yeah it's just amazing um again like just couldn't really fault it um and yeah i also did just want to mention um john boyega's performance in red white and blue because it is so dominant and so strong and like you just see him like perfectly capture the frustrations and the pain of being a black police officer during the early 1980s um his like performance is a real standout in that um and i think he's nominated for it as well um which is completely fair but yeah all of the films are amazing and they're really thought-provoking um so yeah i couldn't recommend them enough and they're available on iplayer yeah they sound i've wanted to watch them for ages Mm. um but yeah they sound amazing um and we should definitely do the bafta thing and do like a little entertainment correspondence i i honestly think we should yeah i think so if that is something that you'd be interested in listening to (laughs) listeners let us know even if not probably still gonna do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah honestly like it was incredible um and i feel like i learned 
so much more because obviously it's quite a focused community yeah but even though you know and sort of expect all of this history to have happened the fact that it's like in such a short and like small concise um set of films are they all like kind of in the same like universe like like in the same are they all like entwined Um, no like there's no there's nothing that really like links them all together they are very like standalone films the only thing that um sort of runs through it is the racism that west indian people faced but because it's over the span of like 20 years um you just see various different stories and you get a little glimpse yeah um but yeah like i could not recommend them enough and um there is the order that I read them out um, with the synopsis, um, first of all, is like the order that you should probably watch them in um, yeah. as well. I'm just a sucker for an order. I'm like, right, I need to do it this way. Yeah, but yeah. I just, I, I, th- I think when you watch Mangrove first, you just want to watch the rest of them because it like sets the tone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's so important right now and such poignant mm. stories, and it's so important to learn about Black history and. 100%. to raise their voices obviously yeah um, and and it's and it's always been important but in 2021 it's even more important that like if we don't know about it we should know about it yeah. by now because it's we're in a modern society 100 percent. and i think um because there is so much on the american um like police force and the racism within that i think learning about the history of like the uk yeah is so important like we can't just forget about it yeah, it is, because it's happened and it's happening and a yeah. lot of um people like to think that the uk are innocent but that we're really, really not, not. Yeah. um we're kind of even worse like yeah so um yeah and there's lots of history behind that and like um obviously like the notting hill carnival came yeah. from um the irish and the uh, black people in mm. that Uh, area like rising up against racism um yeah i think actually something that made john boyega's performance stand out even more is because he really sort of became the face of the hyde park protest yeah over the summer and like watching him portray a police officer who just wants to like change attitudes and do his job but then also faces criticism from his friends and his family as well as just his job like you just feel it on a whole different level yeah um i mean he's an incredible actor anyway but like this role i could not have imagined anyone else yeah taking um yeah yeah just so powerful so good and it was so nice to watch something new and to be like completely captivated by it yeah and like it is nice to watch something new and fresh and mm. and that's been created now I don't yeah. know, like sometimes when you watch things that are uh, back in the day and it just depresses mm. you, it just depresses you that nothing's changed. And yeah. obviously this depresses you in the same way, but like it's made modern. I don't know. It's yeah, it's nice I to, think I don't know if I got the point across there, but <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean. Um, and I think more than anything, it's just like, there's just elements of like black culture that obviously you and I couldn't understand yeah. but are just completely celebrated within these films that is like it's just like you just want to like keep doing it you just yeah. want to keep like showcasing the like communities that are created exactly. and like the relationships between people um yeah I also like I did tear up at Mangrove which is like I don't usually I don't, don't cry, cry very often no. at films 
um but that like i did shed a little tear just because yeah. i was like i was so like like in it just so invested in all of the characters so yeah just the way yeah. that their story was told just like really hit me yeah i'm I'm probably gonna be bawling at every episode on <laughs> except lovers rock oh maybe lovers yeah. rock is just lovely and it makes yeah. you just want to dance yeah yeah So, Jesse Nelson's first interview since leaving Little Mix, yeah, which is with Cosmopolitan. Yeah, it's about Jesse leaving Little Mix and why she left. So Jesse Nelson has been like constantly bullied and trolled on the internet and criticized, and criticized for the way she looks, and um, it's constantly being compared to the other members of Little Mix. Mm. Um, and I think it's a really, really great interview yeah um just from a journalistic point of view it is just really good and Mm. i just think it's really um gives jesse the agency to um tell her story yeah i think as you just said from a journalistic perspective the fact they got one of her best friends to interview her is just so clever yeah because obviously she's going to be instantly more comfortable comfortable, more like excited um and there's even a bit at the beginning that says even at 5pm when she sits down to be interviewed by one of her best friends model Felicity Hayward after eight hours of being photographed she's in the best mood yeah and it's like intense as some of her answers are it's a lovely interview yeah I think it's really easy to read and yeah Mm. um I just want to say that it's heartbreaking like I was nearly tearing up I like choked up a little bit um when I was reading it because it was I just I've been there I've like I've been the one that people are like oh she looks different or whatever like Mm. I've been there and it's like it's not nice and I think someone from a pop band from a girl group speaking out about her like where her issues where it's normally rosy and um like nice and whatever and i think it's nice to see someone be so honest yeah Um, because like i even like at a base level like i went on holiday with two girls like and i just felt so self-conscious the whole time Mm. and it wasn't their fault yeah. And Jesse in this interview is so careful to say it's nothing to do with them. It's to do with the public and her attitude. Yeah. And I think lots of people want it to be about the other girls pushing her out. And yeah. it and it wasn't. That's it's just like the media wanting to create a cat yeah, fight where no, there wasn't one. Definitely. And I think I actually really like about the fact she doesn't talk about her relationship with the girls in this interview because I think that would have just been twisted and I think she knew it would be twisted yeah and like she doesn't even say that they still have a good relationship it's just not commented on yeah. it's just like it's not important to this yeah, interview it's, it's like, really not it's not about like even though it's about her leaving Little Mix it's not about her leaving Little yeah. Mix it's about like her just talking about her mental health and how she felt yeah at the time um yeah just it's really really powerful yeah um, it's and like so it comes after her um documentary yeah odd one out odd one out i haven't watched that have you no i haven't watched it yet and i really really want to i just kind of keep forgetting to (laughs) i just can't believe that she people call her fat neither like i genuinely like i've got the interview (laughs) and i'm just looking at the visuals which she looks 
phenomenal by the way yeah there's like this um clip of her in this like big nike t-shirt with a little bandeau and this huge coat and she looks flawless yeah and like, she looks powerful and sexy and because she's what a size 12 and the rest of them are size sixes yeah. of course you're gonna think you're gonna think she's like if someone's like a size four or a size six standing next to a, someone who's a size 12 there's gonna be like some obvious difference yeah but like neither one of those are bad like no. and it's the same thing with like chloe kardashian everyone was always like oh she's the fat one and it's like she's not she's just five not five two like her sisters she's five nine and probably just one size bigger (laughs) and yet somehow she was like labeled as this like troll yeah it's so weird and like it just is mad and like i just can so relate to this interview and it just how how you can be compared to someone who they all have such different body types and it's like they really do like they're like just their build is yeah. completely different like across all of them and, and that's always been the thing about little mix is that they all look different yeah and that's the really nice thing yeah <laughs> and like it's kind of like the spice girls they all looked different yeah. little mix they all look different and that's like the like best thing about yeah, it that's like the thing to celebrate about yeah. like, obviously their music's great but like you celebrate the fact that they're all completely different and they come together and like make this like amazing like sound and like give you amazing like visuals and yeah. stuff the media is just awful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, it's um. There's a bit um in it where she talks about how she felt. So um, I'll just read her response. The question is, how confident were you on a scale of one to ten before you made the band, and also now? And Jesse says, this is genuinely not an exaggeration. Before I got into the band, I would have said on a scale of one to ten, I was a nine or ten. I had no insecurities. I never looked at myself and said, I don't like that. When I got into the band, my confidence was zero. Once I got older and I learned not to care as much, I probably got to a 4.5. And now that I've left, I'm a solid 8.5. Yeah. Just, she just reading that, like, makes me feel like, because I just can't imagine you know, you feeling that confident then going to zero. Yeah, she was 19. I know. She, like, they were all so young. And, and yet, they, like, got put on that... Specifically, she got put on, like, this pedestal of... Well, the other three don't look like that. So... Yeah. Like, I, it's just this, like, pitting women against each other. It was... I remember even when they were in... On the X Factor. And they... They... The media then was always just so horrible to Jesse. Yeah. I just remember it. And I, I was like, so that was 10 years ago. So I was 12. I was mm. probably in year seven. And it was like, because I like went through puberty before everyone else. So I was like always so tall and like had hips and stuff. Yeah. Then it was kind of like, if she's, if everyone's calling her fat, then what am I? And it says this yeah. in the interview, like how can a really young child look at that and yeah. say, oh, if she's fat, then I need to be super, super, super skinny. Mm. And it's just going back to that whole thing about the media perpetuating eating disorders yeah. and and perpetuating diet culture. And and it's like she says, again, like the diet culture thing, she like would starve herself before music videos. Yeah. So she looked good. And, and that's just, that is just so, so It's so horrible. upsetting because obviously like they do really intense dances. Yeah. And obviously that takes quite a while to learn, I would imagine. Mm. So like rehearsals and then refusing to like eat because you don't want to look like the, you know, in quotation marks, bigger one of the group. Yeah. It's, that's just, 
it's heartbreaking because mm. also um i didn't realize that this is what the um average like uk size was but it makes a lot of sense yeah like, um the fact that the uk average is a size 16 yeah. she's nowhere near that yeah and it's like <laughs> but that's also like fine to be that but the size thing is, like sizes they're different in every bloody shop you go yeah, into. Yeah, <laughs> they're not a thing. They're just made up. They're literally made up. This is why I always tell people, like, sizes are just made up by, like, companies. Each company has a different sizing system. Yeah. So, like, my sister bought a size 16 pair of jeans and they couldn't fit over her thighs. Yeah. And then in some other shops, she'll go buy a size 12 and it'll be too big for her. Yeah. And it's like, right what do you want me to do about <laughs> it and so it's really weird and like they're just mm. made up yeah so like even like the mention of sizing i yeah yeah it, they just don't exist for women <laughs> at all like you can literally go in like if you go on like a shopping spree yeah and you go in not even a shopping spree. if you just go shopping <laughs> and you go into like four different stores you will be a different size in every in single every one of those stores one. you yeah. it will not be the same across all of them and um just that's fine yeah like it's absolutely fine and, and like it is it takes a lot to come to like the position that like we're in like seeing past like diet culture and seeing past um mm. sizes and stuff but like i've come to the conclusion like a lot of my jeans don't fit me anymore because i've put on weight um because yeah. we've been in a lockdown <laughs> yeah you literally can't do it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> except eat <laughs> yeah exactly and it brings me a lot of joy and yeah. so, like, I've just kind of, it's taken a lot, but I've put the jeans that no longer fit me to the back of my wardrobe and said, I'll see you another day. Mm. It's not today. Yeah. And then I've just bought more jeans. Yeah. And it's so liberating to just tell yourself, oh, I can actually just buy new jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I can just buy clothes that fit me and yeah. they're going to look really nice. <laughs> yeah. And rather than, like, not being able to breathe in a pair of trousers yeah, like- that used to fit you. <laughs> Because no one wants to be in clothes they don't feel comfortable in. That's yeah. the whole point of like getting dressed. Is yeah, like, exactly. Um, I've definitely put on weight in the last 18 months. And um, there's just some days I go to put jeans on and I'm like, these are really fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and I'll be annoyed about it because I think, oh, I really want to wear jeans. And I think, actually, I just want to be comfy. And yeah. I'm like, right, whack the same pair of leggings on again. And Exactly. Like then at least I'm comfy then you like just sort of have to try and style it in a different way not that I ever do (laughs) but yeah just like I think we're really at a point where you just have to like you know try and look past the fact that there was a normal and this is a new normal yeah and And so like like the new size that we are and that's fine because everyone is in the same boat yeah I'm so like done with like diet culture I can like because I, I listened to the podcast um, Maintenance Phase, which is uh, hosted by one of the hosts of You're Wrong About. Mm. And they just talk about how diet culture was just made, it's just a money making machine because they're just picking on women's insecurities, mainly women's insecurities, because it, it's mainly targeted at women. It's rarely targeted at men. Mm. Um, it is targeted at men sometimes, but rarely. And they're just um, taking insecurities and just being like, oh yeah, you can, you, do this really cool new diet, buy my new book that will tell you what to eat and you will lose mm. 10 pounds. It's like, it's just capitalism and it's just this horrible system. Yeah, and it really, really, really sucks you in. Yeah, um, it does. And like, 
I don't know why, but my like discover page on Instagram is like half like nice pictures and half like like these really niche Instagram pages that are like my fitness journey (laughs) but some of them are really good sometimes they're like you need to fuel your body this is like and it's like oh cool (laughs) because the thing is like you can you can there are like fitness people on instagram yeah who like promote an active lifestyle but also are like eat have days off yeah wear the clothes you want to wear and feel like comfortable in or like treat yourself to new clothes um like just off the top of my brain, like Alice Living is one of them. Um, as is like Chessie King, who we've spoken yeah. about before. Like, there are people out there you just like need to not ever listen to someone who tells you like something I saw the other day was um like it was I can't remember what Instagram page it was, which I so wish I could. Um, but it was basically like, oh, um, like my coach told me not to eat any fruit because there's too much sugar in it. Oh my god, that's the same as Slimming World. Like it's fucking fruit that's the same as slimming world basically uh, slimming world don't allow you to have smoothies because it like it's there's when you blend fruit there's obviously more sugar because it like blends it up um and there's sins in it and they just recommend you don't so so they call it sins oh yeah yeah (gasps) they call them sins and so um basically there's this like one thread on tiktok that's like tell me when you uh, knew something world was toxic like without telling me you knew something world yeah. was toxic and this one girl was like oh yeah I lost I have two stories about this actually I've, I lost <laughs> loads of weight um, and everyone congratulated me and they asked me how I did it and she was like oh I did it by I don't really like eating in the morning so I just like blended some fruit and just had that as my breakfast because I found it really fueled me yeah and they were like the slimming world leader was like oh you really don't deserve slimmer of the week now because um you <gasps> blended your fruit up um and that's oh sins oh my god yeah what <laughs> and then the second story is about this girl who um basically she <laughs> accident so she was going went to this restaurant with a boyfriend and she was like i'm on slimming world i don't want to have any sins so i'm going to have the chicken salad but can you not have the sauce on it because that has too many sins on it like she has to wait to that and um they brought it out and it had the sauce on she was like no you can I was like send it back and she was like no yeah. i don't want that so they brought another chicken salad out but it hadn't been cooked properly so like because they were in a rush. So, like, she ended up having, like, raw chicken, basically, and was really ill. Oh, my God. Was really ill. And then she went to the Slimming World meeting and was like, oh, I've got Slimmer of the Week. And it was because she was, like, throwing up and shitting through the eye of a needle. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they were like, oh, well done. You got Slimmer of the Week. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Oh, my God. That just sounds like the most toxic thing ever. I mean, like, you know... (sighs) And sometimes it does work for people. Like my mum did it and she found it really, really nice because they do celebrate eating food to lose weight. But at the same time, it is very toxic. Yeah. Because I mean, like I saw an advert just yesterday of James Corden like promoting Weight Watchers. Yeah. But actually like not over the fact that Slimming World called them sins. (laughs) Um, But like I know Weight Watchers do it by like points. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they have the... So at Slimming World, they have the point system. So you add up all these points and then... um, if you do a sin, you like add like ten points. You need to have like lowest points or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, My mum didn't really do it properly. Like she just like just looked at what she could eat and didn't have sins in it and then ate yeah. it. Like you're not even like my mum's like scared of avocados now because they they're fat. And it's like 
It's a good fat. Yeah. It's good for your skin. It gives you. It has collagen in it. Like, just... I really wish I liked avocado. <laughs> <laughs> and like, apparently, just another tangent that we're going on. Yeah. Apparently, if you eat an avocado a day, like, it's really good for your skin. Yeah. Team avocado fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat avocado with a spoon though. So. Oh. <laughs> like it's just I just love you it, so though. much. I love them. Though. I just. I just hate the texture of avocado. It just it's genu- like it genuinely creamy though. Yeah, it's like butter, but it doesn't have any flavour. It's <laughs> yeah, I but hate that's it. why you put like salt on it. Oh, I just I don't know what it is. It <laughs> like genuinely, I eat it and it makes me feel sick. Oh god! It's like it's so bizarre. It's like that and raw tomatoes and pineapple. I can't explain it, but I like <laughs> smell any of them or like eat My any of them. My doesn't like raw tomatoes. To be fair, like I love I love I think tomato, it is like sun dried tomatoes. I love. I think there's tomatoes. a texture thing with tomatoes, so oh. I can understand the tomatoes thing. The seeds are really nice. Though. It's not. It's not the texture. It's the flavour of them. Oh really? Like, the flavour of raw tomatoes makes me feel really ill. Oh my god! It's really bizarre. I love tomatoes. I'm such a tomato. You hoe. literally are. <laughs> I literally eat tomatoes all. I could have like a pot of tomatoes and just eat them all. Oh. Give me no. some tomatoes and some hummus. <laughs> No, so good. <laughs> I don't have them. <laughs> no, I don't have them. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't do that. Anyway, <laughs> small avocado <laughs> tangent out the way. <laughs> Just, I mean, I've always been like, I feel like it sounds um, really irritating to say like intuitively eating but yeah. like that's the way that I've always done it like when I feel like I'm full I stop eating and like when I'm hungry I'm gonna eat and if I have cravings I'm just gonna yeah. have the cravings and yeah like but I mean I also like enjoy like working out and stuff yeah and that helps with my anxiety and things so I feel like I'm really annoying because I feel like I've got that I've like found my the balance, balance yeah. but I think I think it's literally just about like people finding theirs and not fucking referring to smoothies as sins i'm literally looking at a quote where jesse says i had glimpses of happiness of i can do what i want now i don't feel trapped if i want to go to the fucking shop today and eat 10 bars of dairy milk i could yeah the (laughs) thing that really got me in this interview um was when she was talking about um, how they were filming the last music video. Yes, and that really I was upset honestly, it, I choked up. She was like, um, "Whenever we had a music video, I put an on- enormous amount of pressure on myself to try and lose weight. I have a fear of looking back on the camera. If I don't mm-hmm. like what I see, I find it so hard to be in front of the camera and feel amazing and perform. I'd been in lockdown and I'd put on a bit of weight, but didn't care." And then they said, you've got a music video in a couple of weeks. And I just panicked. I went on this extreme diet with bloody shakes and tried to eat as little as possible. On the day of the Sweet Melody video, I had a panic attack on set because I didn't like how I wanted to look. And I found it so hard just to be happy and enjoy myself. I looked at the other three and they were having the time of their life. That was the thing that really got me. Yeah is the fact that she was like, I looked at the other three and they were having the time of their life. I know. And I was like, you should be having the time of your life filming those because it's a cel- like you're literally celebrating a song that you've written. And your talent. Exactly. And you're going to be dancing and like, that's what you love to do. And the fact that you 
because I mean it literally said like there's a scene in Sweet Melody that I'm not in because oh, that's yeah. when I had a panic attack and broke down I was like I just want to go home I was sobbing in the dressing room someone really close to me said this has got to stop you can't keep doing this to yourself you're going to end up where you were before which is she's obviously referring to when she tried to overdose yeah and um, and that's when she said it was like her pinnacle point where yeah. she was like I actually need to look after myself um, and yeah it's so so you know, sad also something that I've like just seen is um she says it wasn't nice for the other three to be around someone who didn't want to be there yeah like even through like her going through all of this like horrible like mental battles she's still thinking about like the other three yeah, and wanting exactly. their journey to be really like nice and and you, and you just know that if you asked any yeah. of the three of them they'd have been like that doesn't matter like yeah, we exactly. want you to be enjoying it as much too exactly and I watched a video the other day that was like um, Jessie was like singing into a microphone mm. and she like just turned to the and the, the girls were behind her and they, she she was like can you two can you three just leave like I just need to do this on my own yeah like and she just felt enormous anxiety about it and she just basically said I don't know whether this is from the odd one out documentary I just saw it on Twitter yeah. and she basically was like everything else has to be perfect like it has to be because yeah. I'm going to get criticized for my uh, weight and look regardless so I need to be like the best yeah. singer the best dancer the best performer um yeah but yeah um I also really liked the fact um that she was like talking about being in lockdown and the fact that like she just felt happy like she felt free yeah because it's like it's such it's a lot to say that she felt free in, in a like, lockdown <laughs> yeah li- like literally in in the time that like no one is like free to no do free. literally anything mm. that's when she was like i'm free now yeah how mad she was locked in the house like <laughs> it's a complete juxtaposition i know it's just like it and doesn't that- make any sense and yet it makes like so much sense yeah and that's like how powerful that statement is is mm. that like she can say that and that's how how much she felt and how trapped she felt and you just yeah. can feel it you can just but then oh. the second she's like out of the limelight she's like oh my god i can be myself yeah now. yeah and she can yeah wear what she wants and she doesn't have to perform and she doesn't have to like put up a facade and stuff yeah it's just yeah it's like a proper celebration um and i mean like i know that we said from um like the beginning that from like a journalistic perspective this is a lovely interview at the end jesse says this has been the nicest interview i've ever done you've asked you've asked me questions that i needed to answer that i wouldn't have wanted anyone else and yeah. like it's just you know i th- i think it's the like the talking to one of her closest friends about it even yeah. though they've probably had this conversation yeah. so many times the fact it's being done and it's being published i think just makes it so much more powerful and yeah makes the fact that it's one of her best friends asking her these questions just allow her to properly talk about it without it being stressful or anything getting like twisted yeah it's just this is where you are we're going to celebrate it and we're going to talk about how you got here yeah yeah i just yeah i just loved it yeah well i think that's a good place to yeah I think end so. the discussion on that i think that we've gone on many a tangent yep um but <laughs> the conclusion is go read this interview it's really really powerful and um yeah 
Just... Oh, and also go watch Small Axe. Yes, watch Small Axe. <laughs> and um, I mean, if anyone else wants to join me on this little BAFTA nomination well, I'm gonna TV be there. journey. Yeah, I'm going to be um, there. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be really cool. Because then we can The thing with the um, film ones, though, like we couldn't really watch them before the BAFTAs because none of them have come out. But TV mm. is so much easier because it's yeah. just all on streaming platforms. Yeah, exactly. Um, I imagine most of them are available on iPlayer. I need to yeah. finish I May Destroy You as well, which is on oh, yeah, me iPlayer. Too. Um, but yeah, so if you want to join us on that. And also, um, like, just be kind to yourself. We have gone through the weirdest year where food is basically the only thing that we can enjoy. Yeah. Um, and restaurants are opening up. Go exactly. have a bao bun. <laughs> Go have a pint. Go have some food at your favourite place. And like just know that you look incredible in the clothes that you're wearing yeah and even if you don't it's fine because <laughs> the th- chances are you probably do yeah the thing it takes me so long to get ready nowadays yeah because i'm like ah but it's fine you look, you look amazing good all the time i me yeah do you i li- literally every time i've seen you you've looked really really good so oh my gosh so yeah thanks <laughs> So everyone. And so do you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given, though. You always look oh, fabulous. Well, you look. You always look fabulous, and, oh and yet, God, and you're like, look what you're doing. <laughs> just giving you the love that you need, and like everyone else, like you look amazing in what you're wearing. Eat yeah. the food that you want to eat, and like just know that if you don't feel like you've got the right balance, you are gonna find it. Yeah, it's along the way. Yeah, and also um. This is going to sound really funny, but I'm actually really excited for, like, Girls Lou's to open back up because no one gives you confidence like <laughs> Girls and Lou. At West Street Live. <laughs> Honestly, just it's God tier. the best. But, yeah. Um, and also to, like, any men that are listening as well, you know, you've like also gone through a pandemic yeah. and a lockdown. And if you feel, like, insecure or anything, just know that you look great. Yeah, your hair looks fine. Yeah, your hair looks fine. <laughs> <laughs> Your hair looks fine. <laughs> it just does. And also, if you do want to get it cut, barbershops are now open. Yeah. Book, book in barbers if you want to, but your hair looks fine. And you look great in what you're wearing. <laughs> right, let's end this podcast now. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Spotify at Bellcast. Oh, yeah, but that's just Bellcast, isn't it? You're probably just listening okay. on Spotify, aren't you? <laughs> Should we try this whole thing again? <laughs> I think it's quite funny. <laughs> I'm in too weird a mood. <laughs> Follow us on Spotify so you can get our latest um, podcast episodes. Yeah. And also follow our Instagram at BellcastPod. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you can review on Spotify, but if you can. Oh, just drop us a DM. Yeah. Say that we're doing a good job because we can't take criticism. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh, bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 I fl- oh, I'm on the wrong fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Bye. <laughs>